21st of February 2024 and we're coming to you live at speakfreeradio.com. Thanks to the good folks there over the pond uh, in the good old US of A. So yeah, we are speaking to you from Cornwall here in the southwest of the UK and your hosts tonight will be Malefica Scott and Shelley Tasker. How are you, Shelley? Good evening. I'm oh, very well, thank you. Good, good. Yourself? I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm good. Um, well, I've had a few up, upheavals this week. I've had a quiet week work-wise because... I had a problem with my brakes on Monday. Oh dear. <laughs> no accidents happened, but there we go. But I've had a quiet week work-wise. So, uh, yeah, but other than that, I'm I'm all good. I'm relaxed, refreshed, and I've had plenty of time today to get together some bits and bobs for tonight's connection. So, without further ado, I should say, before we start, uh, that we here on the Kerner Connection reserve the rights to all our words and all our thoughts. We do this simply because it's impossible to reserve the rights to anyone else's, a thought worth bearing in mind for any practitioner of law. Sailing over the Dogger Bank, oh, wasn't it a treat? Wind a-blowing east nor east, we had to give a sheet. You ought to see us running, the wind a-blowing free. On a passage from the Dogger Bank to Grey Grimsby. Watch out, Twigger, she's a proper jubi-jube. Give her a sheet, let her rip the voice to pull her through. You ought to see us running, the wind a-blowing free. On a passage from the Dogger Bank to Grey Grimsby. Captain, he's a Shanghai Roo, she loves a pint of good ale. Our mate, he is a rose, don't expect to be seen in many's a jail. Ah, third mate, he's a bush ranger, he comes from the African Isle. And take a look at our old cook, it gets the bugger wild. Watch out, to wigger, she's a proper jubi doo Give her a sheet, let her rip with a voice to pull her through. You ought to see us running, the wind a blowing a free. From the Dogger Bank to Grey Grimsby. Watch out to Wigger as down the street she came. High heels and painted toes, Jenny is on the game. Jenny is one of your flash girls, can she get a shine? She can do the double shuffle on the knickerbocker line. Watch out to Wigger, she's a proper jubilee. Give her a sheet and let her rip the boys to pull her through. Dogger back to Grey Grimsby. 
different kind of song. <laughs> That's a, it's a good little jig. I like it. I like it. Oh, how are you anyway? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Bit of heartburn, but you know, there's always got to be something. Oh dear. Well, look, I'd like to welcome our listening audience to to the Kerno Connection this evening. Just one thing to get out of the way um, before we get into the show, Shelley, and that uh-huh. is, uh, uh, you'll have heard me mention David Irving before, the historian. Yes, yes. And there is a rumour going round that he's <laughs> died. I should laugh, yeah. Yeah, well, pretty dreadful, really, when you think, right, so I'm just going to go over this very briefly. His family contacted the um, the mailing list, his mailing list, because ma- his mailing list find out about anything to do with David Irving before the press does. The press find out about David Irving because there might be someone on his mailing list that's a member of the press. <laughs> do you get what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. So his family messaged uh, last week and just said, look, he's facing, you know, probably the hardest trial it, that he's going to face in his life. Um uh, they insinuated that he, he might not succeed, you know, it, but it stopped him from doing his work and he is requiring a lot of care. Um, so they put out a um, they put out a thing just saying, look, if anyone would like to donate to help with his care, it would be great, you know, greatly appreciated, etc, etc. Well, the, the Mail Online ran a story on this, right? And one of the things you're not allowed to do uh, when you use comment sections on newspapers, you can defame someone's argument, but you can't defame the person. You can belittle their argument, but you can't belittle yeah. them. Um, the amount of vitriol that was poured out on that um, comment section and was just allowed by the Daily Mail, whereas if it was anyone else, you know, it, it's, it's a right that's only afforded to people that the state say it's okay to hate. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... Yeah. Um, uh, so what's occurred basically is over the last couple of days someone has come forward and said oh look, he, you know he's died and it's all gone it's all got so last week they they took the mickey out of him in the media which is just disgusting essentially they allowed folks to be vitriolic towards him in in the media um and then this week they've claimed that he's dead so you know what that plea for donations most people are going to turn around and say no nah, well it's pointless now isn't it so there's a reason I think that that was done. Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on the fact. I just want to point out to folks out there that, that are thinking we might have lost David Irving. We haven't actually lost him yet. So um, all you can do to support him would be great. Just go and buy one of his books. Fantastic. Yeah, just pop along to his his website, fpp.co.uk, uh, I think it is, uh, Irving Books. And uh, yeah, purchase one of his books. Well worth a read. Um, and it would help support him in his uh, in his day, in his, you know, in the struggle that he's got at the moment so um there we go wanted to get that out of the way just because i I hate i hate these sort of smear campaigns so yeah enough said enough said moving on it's nothing to do with cornwall and all that kind of thing i get you um but uh yeah there we go so uh what have you been up to shelly sorry just had to get that (laughs) out of the way with no that's all right what have i been up to wow oh i had the lushest weekend I literally stayed in my dressing gown till like two o'clock on Saturday. Oh wow! And I got the I got the bloody guitar out, Maleficus. I've oh, been really? doing my ten minutes a day, and ten I can minutes. play. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes, mm-hmm. and happy birthday! And now I've moved on 
bit of a large gap the sounds of silence <laughs> i'm struggling with that f chord my god anyway but i'm quite pleased because saturday afternoon i was really into it and it's nice like in the evenings watching tutorials um it's nice to have a bit of time for me i've wanted yeah. been wanting to do this for ages and i started in lockdown taught myself basic stuff but you know obviously those five chords and i'm thinking i'm giving myself a month and I'd like to think that I could take my guitar into the nursing home and have a bit of a sing-song jolly with the residents there. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, have to learn some, you have to learn some wartime classics, won't you? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the wheels... There'll be the bluebirds over like the white that. cliffs of Dover and all that. Yeah, you got, well, you've that's got it. I was looking one. at... I've got a great big song list. I was writing them down last night. I was like, oh, my God, Shelley, calm down, you know. Let's White Cliffs of Dover, that's, that's a must for an old people's home. You'll yeah, have them all with their yeah. lighters out and their hands in the air and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think, you know, like I say, I'm aiming for a month. But, you know, that um, F chord, whew, whew, and then I realised my guitar was really out of tune. And I'm just thinking, how can it get so out of tune overnight? Anyway, it's uh, it's been nice. So apart from the usual mundane tasks... I've been oh oh you'll like this because on. on Saturday because you know you told me off well you didn't tell me off you said that the other week that paying a dog walker was like paying for my time out and uh, Saturday me, I was, was, I, yeah I was I said it's paying them for your paying them to have yeah, your yeah. downtime with your my dog. downtime <laughs> and um, on Saturday it was absolutely hammering it down with rain here and the night before me and Darren had gone out and got a train into Redruth and stuff. So I had to go and get my car and I was like, right, I'm going to put on my raincoat and I'm going to walk down in this tipping down rain. Ah, oh, you lush. can't beat it. No, it was lovely. So, um, yeah, it's been a really nice week, I would say. And, um, you know, back to school on Tuesday after a week's half term. Yeah. Um, I've got to say this and you'll have to excuse the swear word, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> when I picked my son up on Monday, they had a baker day. And I knew the mood he was in. I just knew, like, you know, all oh, hell's going to break loose in a minute. He's going to have a meltdown or some description. And um, he, he was moaning about everything. And Piran hates swearing. He absolutely hates it. And, you know, it'll always be the, oh, they've been swearing and blah, 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 <laughs> blah. Anyway, he was building up and he was telling me, and I don't like it when you do that. And he was getting louder and louder. And I'm just sipping a cup of tea now. And then he said, oh, for fuck's sake, I've never been so bored in my fucking life. Oh, my God, <laughs> Maleficus. I spat my tea into my cup. And by did now you? he's crying. But he's, yeah, I did. Because I'm just sitting here listening to him rant. And I've never heard him swear before. Right. It was just one of those classical Pure. moments I wish I had on camera. Oh, but... <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. It's not. Oh, this it's is not modern behaviour to promote. No, yeah, it's no, not. it's the sort of thing you bring out on his 18th birthday and say, "Hey, remember this? Oh. I told you to l delete that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was my funny highlight of the week. I literally spat my tea back in the cup, and by now he was quite tearful. But then he started laughing as well. It was just like, okay, I get it. <laughs> right, but we don't use words like that. You hate swearing, but um. Yeah, just one of those parenting moments, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. about you? Classic. Um, well, as I say, car went down at the beginning of the week, um, uh, brakes-wise, and 
Yeah, uh, what's going on here? Sorry, getting messages in the background. Uh, you can hear me okay, can you, Shelley? I can hear you fine. Okay, yeah, okay, so I'm just going to ignore those messages in the background. Yeah, um, I don't know what all that's about. Anyway, so uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Your no, brakes. So brakes, brakes problem on the car. So I was supposed to be, um, well, I went to work on the, uh, on Monday and uh, upon coming home on the Monday the brakes failed on the car so I wasn't too far away from home but still it took ages to get back so um, and uh, well long of the short of it was I, I was I was supposed to be doing a radio show with a, with a chap called um, Eric he, he does a show called Tradcat Night on a Monday uh, well he does it five days a week uh, now it used to be seven but I, he's nipped it down to five and I used to jump on a, on a Saturday but I was meant to jump on on the Monday and, and obviously missed that because because of car issues. So, but other than that, I've had a very well, obviously a fairly relaxing week. I've been out on walks with my dog, like really long ones, from the house. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's been good, um, and I've been bumping into lots of members of the local community and that kind of thing. And it's really nice to see that so many people have got so many wholesome views actually about you know the world that they live in uh, more people are clued up than you think I think when you, you start talking to people I'm not going to crack any of the jokes that one of them cracked to me but they were hilarious um, <laughs> anyway enough said uh, so what's been going on in Cornwall this week any ideas are you aware well, that ca- you know Cornwall what? Council has just voted in favour of a maximum tax rise again <laughs> oh did I see that 200% or something yeah Five hours ago, uh, Cornwall Council, no, 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 of uh, 4.99%. Oh, yeah, I knew that was coming anyway. Yeah, yeah sorry. But they've they've I just, knew, they've yeah. just five hours ago, it's official. They voted it in, in favour. Right. Um, so, yeah. There we love we go. a good council tax story, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, I just said um, on my last show, I sent him a freedom, I sent in a freedom of information request 28 days ago, still haven't had a reply, asking, um... I've, I've cited a, a list of all of these companies that are armed weapons companies, and I've just asked if you can give me evidence if Cornwall County Council are paying into these pension schemes and these companies. So I'm still waiting to hear back. Yeah. But, um, they are. I know they are. But I just want some information, and these are the sort of things we need to be telling people, you know? Um, yeah, and of course, it's, it's better to contact them because you don't want to be telling people you you be telling people yeah, yeah. the right thing. Propaganda. You need them to clarify it, don't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely, and we, you know we need transparency on that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So but a friend exactly of mine who does money's going. yeah, who does a lot of stuff on this, um, he says they ignore all of his freedom of information requests now. They've just stopped replying to him. I've only ever done a couple, but it has gone twenty-eight days. So um, I shall give them a prod because I would like yeah. to know. Yeah. You, you sent it recorded, I take it. Oh, no, no, you do it all online. You get a reference number and stuff. You're better off, I think. I haven't got time writing letters, Melissa. Oh, don't be silly. Don't be silly. You've got time to sit in front of a computer. You've got time to write a letter. I haven't got a printer. I'll keep finding... You I need a printer. You do it by hand. <laughs> you do it by hand. Mm. Yeah, I do like a letter writing. and send it, recorded delivery, or, better still... Well, recorded delivery is best... But you can deliver it by hand as well. Um, 
and ask ask for the name of the person that receives that, that you hand it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it'll still be the whole twenty eight days thing. Of course, it, it will be twenty eight days. Yeah, yeah. Well, for time and convenience, Maleficus. Okay, <laughs> I copied and pasted some stuff and ping gone. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I know no, they probably looked at it and gone, "Oh, not another of one of these. Put that on the pile. So and so's dealing with those. Oh, there's a handwritten one here. I better deal with that." <laughs> all right. <then. laughs> Bloody hell! You have had a tiresome week, haven't you? Oh, well, I've been. I've been thinking. <laughs> dog I've walks, been... writing letters. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, been in the studio a lot this week, which is which is great. Been um, actually pushing forward with tracks. So we've got uh, six tracks now under under underway, which is great. Um, I've been waiting years to get this done. So yeah, um, anyone that's oh, been listening to, to me for any length of time saying we're going to start recording, yeah, we have actually done it now. It's only been about three years. Um, <laughs> Well, if you want so, anyone playing some chords in the background, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, all the yeah, drums. You heard my drumming yeah. last week. Hey, hey, we we could probably do with some female vocals actually. And mm. I was actually I, I was thinking about maybe asking someone reasonably close to you who's amazing on the saxophone to come and do some sax for us. Yeah, he would love that. But, uh, um, we'll we'll see what happens with that. This, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to send some stuff your way. Um, and then you are living the dream, aren't you? Out dog walking. Yeah. Just in nature, doing your music. That was lovely. You're, you're well, always I, I very content complain. anyway. I can't no, I complain. Know. Yeah, yeah, I can't complain. You know, as I always say, make the most of what you've got. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. And, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I was at a meeting in school and um, parents were talking and sharing ideas and thoughts and all. And some one lady in particular that had a autistic child who I mean badly autistic in the sense that they 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 need to jump for like inner calmness and stuff like that and they've got like spinny seats in the house and all and things like that but they've got no garden and I just thought how lucky am I to have a garden yeah it just really like oh my god yeah yeah so it's just really really little things and and again, it's, um, it's, so it's all about yeah. It's all it's also all about the things that you know. You can't change some things. It's like the serenity prayer mm. all over again, isn't it? The God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it's the wisdom to know the difference bit which makes all the difference to your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think <laughs> when you not... when you start living in that though, it does make a difference. I love the saying, "It is what it is." It's yeah. just accepting, you know, you can't change it. And, um, yeah, it stays yeah. with me every day. <laughs> Humans are great adapters. They really are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so there's um, there's a lot of hoo-ha about um, uh, Prince William is not part of the problem. Uh, uh, sorry, Prince William is part of the problem. The plan for 24 new homes for homeless people in Cornwall dubbed a drop in the ocean in Cornwall amid mounting crisis. Well, what a load of absolute nonsense. They're pu- putting up houses at a rate of knots oh, down here in Cornwall. Yeah. Just 24. because they've planned 24 for some homeless people. Why are they, what are they, hang on a minute. Am I missing something here? They're putting up thousands of houses in Cornwall, but only 24 of them are for homeless people. Am I getting that right? Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we need more houses like, for who? Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, should we start with the homeless people? <laughs> well, my friend, she's a security guard, and um, she she goes to as an extra job. She works for an extra firm, and part of her job is going to these houses. And there's a few local that have got these immigrants in. And so not only are they getting somewhere to stay, they're having to pay someone to stay there for the night to make sure that everything's okay. Ah. Ah. Well, it's nice to know that they're they're nice and safe. You know, I I walked out of my house um, two days ago to take the dog up the road for a walk, and I went under the, the bypass, which actually goes underneath the A30. And there was a homeless guy asleep under the bypass, traffic roaring past, this, that, and the other. And you think, oh, my God, like, you know. Did you speak to him? No, he was asleep. asleep. He was asleep, so I didn't want to, like, you know. It's it's a really hard one, though, because I was regularly giving a man outside of Audi, like, I I wouldn't give him money. I would often, like, go and get him a takeaway coffee or buy him a sandwich and stuff. And I got to talking to him. But the the truth is with a lot of these people that are genuinely homeless is that they've got an addiction of some sort and they choose that lifestyle. And mm. when you mentioned, you know, I said to him, you know, is, is there anything I can help with? You know, um, you want to get a job and stuff like that. He's like, well, I'll have a think and let you know. And, and he said, I've got a drink problem. And bless him. I I get that. The problem mm. is there's no help with those things well, my, my to get them into for... housing. My sister, well, my sister worked for a very, I won't say the name, but uh, my sister worked for a very prominent Cornish charity that deals with the homeless. Um, Right. And they have houses and and that kind of thing for them to live in. Obviously, they have to fit within certain criteria to be able to do it and all that kind of thing. And if they break the rules, then they're not supposed to stay and yada, yada, yada. Um, So there is stuff out there for that. But, and don't get me wrong, we don't... (laughs) We don't have nearly as many homeless people in Cornwall as you've got, like, up in London and places like that. But, uh, yeah, it's not often you see in my tiny little village a homeless person. Not often at all, because it's just like a little village in the in the middle of nowhere, yeah. really. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, look, we're coming they down to the bottom of the, the hour. Sorry. Oh, go on. Sorry, what you No, say? I was just going to say, there's a few of them. They sleep in the churchyard right next to the church, and that just seems so ironic. But apparently the church would open and let them stay and then things started going missing and stuff and it's like we've tried to help what can we do yeah 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 yeah. but Um, i took a photo of these tents propped up outside the church and i just thought it just seems a bit (laughs) uncanny really but it is what it is it's very yeah it's very sad yeah Yeah. it is um well look as i was going to say we're coming close to the bottom of the hour um you folks you good folks out there listening to us are listening to speakfreeradio.com um and this is a live show wednesdays a lot of live shows on the wednesday i think we've got uh, jim fetzer after our program at least that's what it was scheduled last week and i believe it's the same this week yeah jim fetzer authentic news after us um and uh and political cesspool after that uh and along with uh ah, night nation review after that so there you go. There's a quite a lot still going on today on the Speak Free uh, way, uh, airwaves. And, uh, well, look, after the break, Shelley, I have got an excellent Kernow connection for you. Um, and it sort of goes on a little bit from what you were touching on, uh, not last week, but the week before. So um, 
yeah, I've, I've done some chasing up and I've stitched some audio together and I've done some digging and found some other stuff too. So I'm looking forward to it. Although we're a little bit shy of the bottom of the hour, I know that I've actually got quite a lot to get through. So I'm going to start the hour break, or the bottom of the hour break early, which actually commences the start of my Kerno connection. So right now I'm going to take you back to a little place in Cornwall called Mitchell, uh, to a place called that gained the name the Folk Cottage. And this particular recording was recorded in that folk cottage uh, and uh, it's by a, uh, a guy called Michael Chapman or Mike Chapman and it's just that there's a uh, I haven't put a whole load on there I've just stitched a few little bits and snippets of the actual evening but if anyone's interested they can go onto YouTube and find him Michael Chapman live at Folk Cottage Cornwall 1967 um, and it's a fantastic journey but this is around the time well, we'll get into that after after the break. But enjoy okay, this. so your so- your song is the start of your Kerno connection. This 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 little section this of music here was recorded at the start of my uh, 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 the folk cottage, which will be the subject of my Kerno connection this week. So here you go, folks. Enjoy. Can we have a big out now for the guest of the evening, Mike Chapman?
a temperance meeting in the same city only recently where he witnessed the spectacle of a man standing on the stage in full Scottish national gear, you know, professional professional Scotsman with two glasses and a brown paper parcel and uh, he took from a brown paper parcel a worm uh, apparently all Scotsmen carry brown paper parcels full of worms about in their spines. <laughs> and uh, dipped it in one in the first glass, which contained water, and says, I, I take this worm and dip it in the glass of water, and it wriggles about, and he's contented and happy and lives forevermore. And I take this other worm and dip it in this other glass, which contains whiskey, and it dies immediately. That's got a bit Irish, but anyway. <laughs> this goes to prove one thing, my friends. Oh, well, over there. <laughs> a verse from the back shouts out, Drink plenty of whiskey, you'll need your worms. <laughs> there you go, Shelley. Drink plenty of whiskey, you'll need have worms. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it. So that was recorded, uh, that was a live recording taken in 1967 of uh, Michael Chapman at the Folk Cottage. Now, just I'll give you a quick rundown, as quick as I can, rundown on the Folk Cottage. So located just outside Mitchell, the Folk Cottage was a very important uh, part, not just uh, of the Cornish folk scene, but also played as a catalyst and a breeding ground for many nationally known artists. Um... John Sleep returned to Cornwall after university around 1961-1962. I later found out that this guy, Shelley, was my science teacher, and I hated him. Anyway, never mind. Um, at university, he had been involved in folk music and Morris dancing. He was uh, keen to continue this interest in the folk world, uh, and he got in touch with John Hayday, who was singing at the courthouse at Batalic. 
and before long the pair were singing together and became resident singers at the venue. While performing at the Count House, they became friendly with John Langford, a staple of the Cornish folk scene, better known as John the Fish. Uh, John the Fish was famous for playing guitar with Brenda Wooten, who was a famous... I, I mentioned her last, last episode, or episode before. Um, so John was friendly with Willoughby Galashian, or Galatian. Uh, who owned land and a cottage in Mitchell, just outside Newquay. Uh, the two Johns were finding the long travel from Newquay to Botanic tiring, especially as both were working full-time, sleep as a chemistry teacher in Newquay, and wanted to set, something, uh, closer to set up something closer to home. Willoughby was keen on the idea and let them make use of his property, and John Sleep set about converting one of the outhouses. Um, Originally a granite farm workers building, it was gutted and turned into a club around 1963. The downstairs area converted into a snack bar with tea and coffee facilities, along with an open fire. John Sleep also built a staircase uh, that up to the uh, he also built a, uh, a staircase up to the performance area, which was a large room with rows of chairs facing a small stage. He also put out a fire escape. Uh, a little later, on a large and a large striking mur mural of a silhouetted lady was painted on the back wall behind the stage. Uh, the venue could hold around 100 people, uh, but had no inside toilet facilities. There was an outdoor toilet affectionately known as Ye Old Bog, uh, which <laughs> had to be emptied down a drain. <laughs> So the club started out as a Friday night venue, uh, a Friday night only venue, with two sessions taking place throughout the evening. Uh, later, the second session would often be attended by a large crowd from the holiday industry in nearby Newquay uh, once they'd finished their evening work. And it was also a popular late night stop stop after for drinks from the Plume of Feathers in Mitchell, which is the pub, the local pub in, in Mitchell. So, um, which is still there, by the way, folks. You can still go to the Plume of Feathers now and have a meal and a pint. It probably cost you an arm and a leg, but you can still go there if you want. Um, in the early days, John was persuaded persuaded many of the local artists to perform uh, such as John the Fish, Brenda Wooten, etc, etc with a lot of them playing for free. Okay, um, So, essentially the folk cottage was far away from being a big money spinner for the two Johns they were often unable to pay artists and often covering their expenses often only covering their expenses if they made any money on the door then the performer would get a cut but it was understood they may well be nothing and they might be performing for free uh, so some of the early artists were Alex uh, Atterson, Noel Murphy uh, and Pete Berryman, all of whom drew in good crowds. Pete was a local and often stepped in to help when they were short of artists. Uh, booking was a constant struggle for John and he was always grateful, reliable and re re regular bookings. Uh, so just skipping down a little bit here. So. Um, Despite being in the 60s, everything that, uh, and everything that came with that, the club was a very civilised affair. It had no liquor licence, only serving tea and coffee and homemade sandwiches. Um, being located in the middle of nowhere, it lent itself perfectly to being full of wild debauchery with no immediate neighbours and the police located miles away in Newquay. However, there was never a problem with drink, drugs or illicit behaviour. Um, around 1965... 
here's a name you might remember, uh, Shelley, uh, Wiz Jones and Pete Stanley arrived in Newquay from South London after receiving a less than stellar reception in the pubs and clubs. Hard times in Newquay when you've got long hair, uh, as it said in that video uh, last week. <laughs> uh, uh, they were looking for another place to play and they wound up at the cottage, which instantly uh, took to the pair. And they were soon draw, uh, going down a storm. This was around the time of the 16 Tons of Bluegrass album, whose cover picture was presumably shot in the Newquay area, possibly the dunes of Crantock. So Pete and Wiz put the word out and brought down many of their friends uh, to Cornwall, including Ralph McTell, who they knew from Croydon area. Ralph would stay on the farm site and would become an integral part of the club. He would also write an instrumental, Willoughby's Farm, influenced by his stay so with this in mind i should now say that willoughby galachin was one of my dad's best mates um and i caught up with him uh last week and uh spent a bit of time having a chat with him and, and asking him to sort of explain some things about that time which he kindly did so i've got a little bit of audio for you here i'm going to get through so you've got we're going to have to get a wriggle on with this, so uh, I'm going to play this now. So this is a little interview with my dad regarding Willoughby, the folk cottage, and Ralph McTell. Enjoy. I will. You were saying about Willoughby, who owned the, the folk cottage. Yes. Yeah. His father used to have Long Farm, Longstone, the farm down at Longstone. Oh, New Farm. New Farm. New Farm. So that's well, that, that was where Willoughby lived. So that was his dad's, because that that that's, that's right on the border of RAF St. Evel. That's right. Um, yeah. That's right. Well, he then decided, but his father set him up, basically, because he was a bit of a reprobate. He, he flipped a um, Daimler, large car, yeah. on the corner where the gymnasium is. He flipped it where that gate is. You come oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Right through there, upside down, smashed it to pieces. Well, so Willoughby was he owned the, he owned, that was part of the farm, was it? Yes, he was given was, by his dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he didn't live in the barn, obviously, no. at the time. I think he might have converted it later, but he had a caravan alongside, which is why he was broken into. And right. they, they stole two of his rifles, two right. guns and a shotgun, and this little gun that I repaired for him, which my finger marks all over it. Hopefully it's not used in a shooting. <laughs> Will be after his. Um, I told you you had brucellosis, didn't I? Brucellosis. What's that? A contagious abortion in cows. Oh yes, yes. But yeah. he had to put the whole herd down of Jersey cows, Jersey or Guernseys or whatever. Uh, and he wasn't allowed to keep cows on the land for at least three years because it stays in the soil. Right. So it bugged him up. So Willoughby, Willoughby had it, this farm we that he couldn't use, he essentially he couldn't use for three years at least because he'd had this yeah. disease for the cattle there. Yeah, and I can't remember what year that was. I think that was probably my last part of my time in Aden because I didn't right. come back from Aden until 65. Yeah. We'll have to do another episode on how you managed to get to Aden at some point. That's, <laughs> 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 That's I don't want to make you digress. So, so basically... So Willoughby set up the folk, folk cottage, the yeah, folk cottage to make money. To make money, yeah, because the farm wasn't viable for cattle, basically. Well, it was, but it was just Willoughby like making money. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was uh, strange name Galachin, but it's, it's Norwegian or Danish. I can't remember one or the other. 
Okay, so that's one to look up. Willoughby Galatchin. Willoughby Galatchin. Well, he was the owner. I mean, he owned yeah. the thing and he set it all up. Um, and as I say, when, I, when you think back for health and safety, you've been pretty sitting on bales, square bales, smoking. <laughs> yeah, smoking <laughs> cigarettes and ganja, no less, I expect, in that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, it was through Willoughby, I met Ralph Mattel, um, and we just, and we got invited, I invited you a party up at the, up at Puffins. Right, so Puffins, Puffins, just for the listening audience, is, is a house at the top of the hill from where we're talking at the moment. Trevarian. In Morganport, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Trevarian, just about. You can't miss it, it's got the post, off, post box is set into the walls. Oh, I know the, I know the house you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so Ralph, Ralph lived at Puffins? Yes, Ralph rented Puffins, I think it was off-season. Uh, I went to at least two parties there. Um, so, so I had two parties there, and it was the first time I heard Streets of London, Yeah. and he hadn't recorded it then, he'd written it, and everybody said, that's bloody good, Ralph, you ought to do something with that. Yeah. Which, of course, he did. Eventually. <laughs> he did, well, he lived off it. Still, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Sinatra's done a cover of it. I don't think he's very... Tony Bennett, I think, did. Um, yeah, all the top singers did Yeah, that. yeah, though, I, I've, I've heard loads yeah. of different versions. Yeah, there. yeah, there's yeah. loads of different covers of it. But, uh, yeah, because he described the guitar you've got, because I took mine up there. Yes, that's... A, uh, so and I've that's got your old acoustic, which is an old Levin, a, a Swedish handmade guitar. Yeah, and he had a Hagstrom, and the Levin was considered a poor man's Hagstrom. Okay, so you were the... You in were other words, yeah. You were the brunt of some jokes, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you heard... Um, Streets of Streets London. London before it... Before it was recorded. So, so do you know the background on why Ralph wrote that, then? Well, as far as I, as far as I remember, he, he'd fallen in love with some girl in Paris. She ditched him, and he'd come back to London... Lived in a squat, as far as I can So he, was, he had nothing then? No, well, he had, had nothing. nothing. No, he, he, he was probably making, making money down here because Willoughby would have paid him cash. Because Willoughby was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, as far as I understand, he was quite upset at being, you know, losing the girl, obviously. And yeah. um, probably it made it, some of his music a bit, a bit you know. Melancholy. Melancholy, yeah. yeah. I suppose Streets of London is, is quite melancholy, really. It is. It's a, I mean, sad. it's a beautiful song, but it's... Yeah. It, it's it, pretty sad. It's it? a very sad song. And it was obviously what he observed while he was living in London. In a squat. In a, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, like the old man with the medals and, and the old lady with, you know, bag lady going around and yeah. that sort of... So he observed all that and, you know, how can you tell me you're lonely? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I would say for you that the sun don't shine. Yeah. 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 So, um, so going to the parties at Ralph Mattel's house. Yeah. Were, were they were they crazy parties or was it all quite? No, it, sort was, of it was. It was from, from remembering. It was a lot of there was a lot of, of stuff around um, at that time. But uh, when you say stuff, because obviously we're we're not visual. So when you say stuff, I, I take it you're alluding to sort of like some of the um, the. Drugs of choice in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the stuff then was quite limp by comparison to the stuff that's produced now. Yeah, the, the so you, you the people would pass around a, a, a soggy you know, split and 
It's it's funny hearing my own father talk about splits <laughs> and things like that. That was you know my misspent youth. Um, it was all spent hiding things like that from my parents. So I never noticed it. You, you were, I don't think you smoked in the house when you. Well, you'd have been fourteen when I left anyway. So yeah, yeah so probably a little bit less at that time. Yeah. So we sort of covered Ralph McTell a, a little bit. Is there anything else on Ralph McTell that springs to mind? I mean, I remember you saying that he was a lovely guy, and that he was exceptionally yeah, tall. Uh, humour, good sense of humour. I mean, he had a he had a TV program for children as well. He worked for some years. A tickle on, on the tongue. Yeah, it was called. Was it well, tickle on the tongue? It was an TV one actually. But was yeah, it? yeah, very very good. I mean, you Google kids, uh, quite uh, quite a, unexpectedly tall. If you sort of mean, he was. He was well, he, did that. he presented that program, Tickle on the Tongue. Yeah. He presented that program with Neris Hughes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who was quite short, and he spent most of the time sitting down with his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he, what was he, like six foot four or something like that? He, he would be, he was tall, certainly taller than me. Yeah. And he's quite imposing. He's, he's quite a big guy, he wasn't he? He, he, Yeah, he's, he's broad shouldered. I mean, back, big, even back big, then he was. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I remember him as just um, fun, uh, soft-spoken, um, a bit of a sense of humour like you and I, rather than what, you dry. Know. Yeah, and a bit, a bit sort of. <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit take the Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, well, that's why he said, oh, "Poor man's extra." Poor man's extra. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so. Um, you got the poor man's hagstrom. I own the poor man's hagstrom, yeah, yeah, and it's still still sound the sound he box. Played, he, he played, he, he played on that, so you would say you could say at least he's Ralph Ralph, Ralph Mattel has played the guitar played. that I own. Yeah, yes. that's that's a lovely thought actually. <laughs> it is, actually. No, it really is. It's yeah. a lovely thought. Um, well, because so, he let me have a go on his hagstrom, <laughs> <laughs> and then probably <laughs> gave you yours back. He said rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He, well, I do remember he wasn't particularly complimentary about it. Yeah. You must remember, I didn't spend a lot of time with that. I would have if I'd have been here. Yeah. But then, if I'd have been in England, and and, and I hadn't been posted to Aden for other reasons, yeah, um, I would have been at Scampton in Lincolnshire, so I wouldn't have been here. Anyway. You wouldn't have been here. I was in the services, so I, I came home on leave. I used to love coming back, obviously to call. Yeah. I used to pick up with Willoughby and, and Roger, and we used to go out drinking yeah. in the car. And <laughs> as you could back because there were no laws against it. Well, there was. So, well, oh, you were. Yes, yes. You caught. If, if you were caught um, drunk, I mean, my. So, what were the tests back then? How oh, you I had to walk a line. You had to walk a line. Yeah. Okay. And and, and they, if they smelled alcohol in breath, they they say, oh, well, but they didn't have tests to see how much you had. Mm. And if you were reasonably, reasonably compassmentous, you could walk the line. Well, it wasn't really a problem. Yeah. So that yeah. So that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, but in any case, there wasn't the traffic around for a start. Yeah. I told you about Willoughby clipping that old man on a bike, didn't I? Um, remind back, me, go on. We came back from St. Merrin one evening, and, and Willoughby had got the whacking great Zephyr 6 at that time with a, um, what do you call it, handbrake that you pull out of the. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. Pretty big, pretty big thing, anyway. And a column change as well, the whole thing. A bench seat at the front went like stick because it was sort of six cylinder, very powerful. Was it an American thing then? Was it? No, no, it's Zephyr Zodiac. Oh, um, okay, that's Ford, the... Ford Zodiac, right? Zephyr Zodiac, I think this one was called. Um, it was the, it wasn't the American style one with the sort of square and the wing 
woodens at the back. It was more rounded, more than the English looking one. Yeah. A thumping great. Anyway, we'd been out to St. Merriman. We came back one night and there was a guy on a bike with no lights and Willoughby clipped him, clipped the pedal. And I could see in the lights of Willoughby's car, he wobbled off and went into the ditch. <laughs> and, I, and Willoughby was like, after, I said, better go back, Willoughby. You know, he said he, it might, <laughs> the ditch might be full of water and he might drown. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, we went back, Willoughby stopped, turned around, went back. And this poor old bugger was just clambering out of the ditch with his bike. And he said, you all right? Yeah, some, some bastard, he said, come round here. He said, and knock me off my fucking bike. <laughs> and we said, well, that's terrible. We got him sort of dusted down. He was full of damage. And, and literally, Willoughby's car let, just clipped the pedal. Yeah. But you couldn't see it. It was dark night. Round the corner, old man, bang. Yeah. And drunk as, he was drunk as well. Right, yeah, so could have, that's why he wobbled off the road. So you could hear, and there wasn't hardly a mark on the car, so it obviously didn't impact much. You know. But we sent him on his way. Yeah. And then made sure we didn't get him on the way back. <laughs> yeah, then, then, then surreptitiously turned around and went back again the other way. He was terrible, Willoughby. Somebody told me he died. So, so Willoughby Galatian was the guy that started up the folk yeah. cottage, and then you had, so you had a lot of people... Because if if you well, look online, if you if you look yeah. online, there's a a web page. I was showing you a bit of it yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's a web page, and there were so many different artists, uh, folk artists, that um, went on to do other things. Wiz Jones being one of them. I've yeah. done a little bit on Wiz Jones on the Kerno Connection board, yeah. um, and quite often I'll play a couple of Wiz Jones's tunes on there because he's one of my favourite folk yeah, yeah. guitarists. There is, yeah. um, and I had no idea that until later years that he was associated with with all this, and it was all very close to this community, wasn't it? It got, it, it became very very special, um, and lots of people got their start there. Yeah, not Ralph McTell, but I mean he made he made a living there. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how much would he used to charge for, for entrance and that sort of thing. You take your own beer, basically. He wasn't selling. Alcohol and yeah. taking my own beer and all that sort of stuff. But I didn't. So that was the arrangement, was it? So you paid an entry fee. Yeah. Um, and you took all your own beer, beer and sandwiches, your sandwiches smoke. and, and, and yeah. your smokes to sit on the hay bales. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Really, they have a field day with that today, yeah. wouldn't they? Well, they did, this is the problem with Willoughby. You see, Jersey milk it was lovely for rich, creamy. So he used to before the, the churns went off, he, he used to dip and take out. You know, with, with dip things, and, and he'd, have, he'd have fresh milk unpasteurized. Yeah, which is why he, he didn't know what it was that he got. Right. Uh, they had to because he, he had flu-like symptoms. He obviously wasn't going to have an abortion, but apparently it works that way with women. The, you know, contagious abortion can affect. Right. Eventually, they found out what it was, but the treatment was sort of big pills they used to blow down the front of the mouth of cows. <laughs> so they had to work out. A way of making these things up for him to take. Wow! So they actually used they used cattle cattle types. Well, they presumably. they used cattle medicines on him to get rid of the the cattle cattle bloody disease. Right? Because you've got all this stuff nowadays about yeah. how you know, with the in the COVID era you had the whole thing about you can't take ivermectin. It's it's very bad. It's 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 for yeah, dealing yeah, yeah. with parasites in horses. Yeah. Yet back in those days they were quite happy to shove 
animal products down humans' throats. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, that's the way. It, that's the way it seems to be, because they, the, the treatment they had was was very large pills, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they worked out, I presume, the same sort of the same sort of medicine, but a dose for him to to kill off, and he, he recovered from it. Yeah. You've got to make the best of what you've got at the time that you've got it. That's right. That's, that's my thing. Yeah. So he went that way. Willoughby died, so I'm the only one left now. Yeah. For those three. No, Ralphie still. Ralphie still. Going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. We're running short of time, so I thought I'd, I'd stop it there. But that gives you a good idea, Shelley, of a little bit of background. Oh, it sounds to, lovely. To Willoughby Galactic and the folk cottage. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely incredible. Um, so it, Dad got into a whole lot of other things in that interview, which I will stash away for maybe another episode. There's all sorts <laughs> of weird and wonderful things we talked about. So it was a real blessing. I honestly highly recommend to anyone... Uh, record your loved ones, your elderly loved ones, while you still can. You can pass all these memories down to your kids and their kids and so on and so forth. So, Yeah, it was a lovely conversation. Really good. Well done, Maleficus. It was, it, honestly, it was effortless. <laughs> Other than about two <laughs> hours going through the, the, the hour's audio clip to pull out yeah, all the right yeah. things and put them in the right order to give it some sort of... Because so, my dad's like me, he digresses dreadfully. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, if there, there we, we go. go, hang on, here we go. That's your outro, all right. I was going to oh, do it at wow. the start, but I was too late. Yeah, yeah. That's I've had this for ages, yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> well, hi. <look, laughs> um, we have got the Cornish historian um, Phil Hadley on with us on the 28th, which is the next show. So... Um, I'm really looking forward to that. He's, he, uh, the subject matter will be the build-up of American forces in Cornwall uh, b- prior to the D-Day landings. So th- hopefully that Ooh. will interest some of our American audience out there. Um, and th- you, know, you may well even have relatives, uh, you folks over the pond, there may well even have relatives that you know, were in Cornwall on the build-up to D-Day. So um, that may be poignant for you. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy. I'm uh, really looking forward to having one. So... Um, other than that that's me for this week have you got anything you want to add before we go Shelley no, no? well I'm going to play us out then play with Ralph McTell's Willoughby's Farm inspired by guess what